Any health-related information on the following show provides general information only. Content presented on any show by any host or guest should not be substituted for a doctor's advice. Always consult your physician before beginning any new diet, exercise, or treatment program. Welcome to Accelerated Health Radio on W4HC Radio, where you can learn to accelerate your body, mind, and spirit to reclaim the true potential that exists within you through cutting-edge wellness, tools, and modalities. Here's your host, Sarah Banta. Welcome to Accelerated Health Radio. I'm your host, Sarah Banta, and I'm a health coach, natural supplement expert, and a busy mom of three teenagers. I believe that your body does want to and is capable of rebuilding and healing itself, regardless of what chronic disease you may have. I'm here for you to answer your questions and bring you innovative and cutting-edge technologies and health solutions to empower you and your ability to reach your optimal state of health. This week, I wanted to focus on hormones, and with our guest, we're going to talk a lot about the female hormones in relation to diet and detoxification, but first, I wanted to focus a bit on men and testosterone, maybe a little bit in honor of them during Father's Day week, but so let's talk about testosterone, the benefits of it, and I've always said, even as a female, testosterone feels good. We need it. It gives you that drive for life, an increase in muscle mass, increased heart health, increased libido for both men and women, stronger bones, better energy, and better fat burning. And when you don't have enough testosterone, even as a woman, you will constantly be tired, possibly depressed, have a higher risk of Alzheimer's, increased fat storage, and that low libido. And as we age, unfortunately, our hormones do get out of balance, and we need to make sure we're stabilizing them, including that testosterone. So what happens when it's low? Um, Symptoms in men can include prostate enlargement, low libido, erectile dysfunction, shrinking testes, muscle mass loss, inability to maintain that definition, uh, loss in vitality in general, loss of body hair on the lower parts of your legs or chest. You can get man boobs and a higher voice. And these are symptoms that no one wants to experience. The symptoms of low testosterone in women, which I've experienced, are similar, and they include fatigue and lack of sex drive, lack of motivation, some weight gain that you can't explain, inability to maintain that muscle definition. So what causes this? Number one, uh, insulin. Insulin. When insulin is chronically released from the pancreas, it shuts down the production of testosterone. And insulin's job is to shuttle the carbs and sugar out of the blood and into the fat cells. So your body releases insulin when Only you're eating the sugar and carbs, and that mechanism automatically shuts off the production of testosterone. So furthermore, as you're insulin resistant and overweight, your fat cells hold more estrogen, and estrogen increases fat storage, and it's a vicious cycle. Estrogen goes up, testosterone goes down, and being overweight increases insulin resistance and can lead to that type 2 diabetes we talk about. Increase in insulin decreases the production of testosterone, increases estrogen, and then can lead to sleep problems. All of these factors will lower your motivation and your feel-good hormones. So the second reason would be sleep, like I just mentioned, and most testosterone is released during sleep. So if you're not sleeping that well, that production is disrupted and that vicious cycle continues as the low testosterone leads to poor sleep. Number three, estrogen, which I just touched on, but it's coming from our plastics, our conventionally fed meat, and our exposure to GMO foods, and all of the environmental plastics we're exposed to, GMO grains and soy and corn that our animals are being fed, they all inhibit testosterone by disrupting the whole endocrine system. Not only do they lower testosterone, but they've been shown to cause reproductive harm in baby boys linked to cancer, linked to early puberty and infertility. And these toxins affect your hormonal balance in addition to negatively affecting the health of your future bloodline. So what you're doing is going to affect 
generations to come. So it's a pretty big responsibility. <laughs> Anytime estrogen is increased in the body, testosterone automatically decreases. Number four, chronic cortisol. So testosterone and human growth hormone are the anabolic hormones of growth and repair. And that counter hormone is cortisol, the stress hormone, as it is catabolic and breaks things down. They cannot coexist. So when cortisol is high and stimulates the adrenals, it lowers testosterone. However, if you release cortisol during exercise, it doesn't reduce testosterone. And that's probably because the adrenals contribute to free testosterone. Therefore, stress from fear, anxiety, and overworking will cause chronic cortisol to be released and lower your testosterone. But stress from exercise won't do it. Number five, having low thyroid. A low thyroid hormone can cause be caused by an iodine deficiency, which we're going to talk about with our guests, hormonal imbalance, autoimmune issues like Hashimoto's, poor sleep, chronic stress, and extremely low calorie diet. If you have low thyroid, it can lead to low testosterone. Number six, a low fat diet. Fat is needed to give the body cholesterol, which is needed to make hormones. Without cholesterol, your body cannot make the proper sex hormones, which includes testosterone. And number seven, low vitamin D. Vitamin D is actually a steroid hormone that helps produce testosterone. Low testosterone and low vitamin D are interrelated, and it's not only inhibits testosterone production, but also suppresses the immune system in general. And that's why people are really talking a lot about vitamin D and the immune system at this state of the game with what our world is going through right now. Number eight, fatty liver. If you have fatty liver, it suppresses the production of testosterone and increases estrogen. And that can come from drinking alcohol, and it also can just be coming from eating a high-carb diet. Number uh, nine is high iron. And this is an interesting one because iron is necessary for a healthy metabolism and a lot of people need to increase their iron, but too much isn't a good thing. And as we age, we accumulate more iron and have a harder time eliminating it out of the body. It will cause cirrhosis of the liver, inflammation in the joints and increase oxidative stress. And you can increase zinc and avoid the iron supplements and incorporate intermittent fasting. And those three will help lower your iron levels. Number 10, substance abuse and also just medication, alcohol, marijuana, statin, drugs, blood pressure medication, and diabetic medications will all reduce your testosterone. These things will actually turn testosterone into estrogen in the body. And that's why so many men actually started grow man boobs and lose their body hair on their chest and their legs. And lastly, unfortunately, pornography and masturbation, they both reduce testosterone. It's also linked to depression. But on the other hand, sexual activity with a real person can actually increase your testosterone. So there's that. So what are ways that you can actually increase your testosterone? Number one, get that sleep. Easier said than done, but really focus on stabilizing your blood sugar before you go to bed. Eliminate that exposure to light. Abstain from your cell phone three hours before bedtime. And you really want to go to bedtime before 1030. And that is a key number because it sets your circadian rhythm. So number two, I recommend taking Accelerated Keto, the supplement. It will put you into ketosis within 30 minutes, and then you add in the ketogenic low-carb diet. And this will help reduce your insulin resistance, and your testosterone and human growth hormone will increase. And every time growth hormone increases, testosterone follows. Number um, three, you can take a supplement called Virility Caps, which promotes male fertility, is useful for impotence and poor, poor sperm count and uh, poor sperm mobility. And you can also take Acceleridine Iodine. Iodine deficiency is so prevalent. 96% of the United States is uh, deficient in iodine. It's linked to hypothyroidism, Hashimoto's, and an imbalance of hormones in general. And not all iodine is equal. Most are hard for the body to break down, where acceleridine is monoatomic, meaning there's just one atom. It's 100% bioavailable, and it's able to detox the body from heavy metals and toxins like fluoride, bromide, and chlorine as well. 
You want to add in intermittent fasting, and by squeezing your meals within a short period of time, you'll reset that insulin sensitivity and increase your testosterone and growth hormone. Get more vitamin D. I The best way is to get it from the sunlight. If you're unable to do so, you can supplement with it as well or eat foods that are rich in vitamin D, which include fatty fishes, uh, egg yolks, meat, mushrooms, and cheese. And you can also incorporate HIT exercise, which is high-intensity interval training. I recommend doing this two to three times a week. You don't want to overdo it because, on the other hand, over-exercising can actually lower your testosterone. So it's a fine balance. You can also eat anti-estrogenic foods, which I'd love to pick my guest brain about, um, foods that will help decrease or detox the body from the bad estrogens in the body. So that's those are your tips for incorporating and increasing the testosterone in your body. And we're going to take a short commercial break and come back with our guest. Are you wanting to optimize your physical, mental, and emotional health? Visit www.acceleratedhealthproducts.com. Accelerated Health Products to detox, reset, and rebuild your immune system naturally and to accelerate your body, mind, and spirit with cutting-edge supplements and solutions. Get Sarabanta's personal advice on a protocol just right for you. That's www.acceleratedhealthproducts.com. Welcome back to Accelerated Health Products. I'm so excited to have Vivica Meneghez, a certified whole food nutritionist, blogger, published author, and one of the leading voices advocating for a food-based approach to healing. She was the first one to use the now popular expression, keto paleo, to describe her lifestyle and way of eating. She's the founder of the Healing Foods Method, an online nutritional program where she works one-on-one with clients to turn their health around utilizing therapeutic ketogenic foods for healing, which is keto paleo. Tracing back to her Italian origins, she's a passionate cook who loves the healing of food and has been sharing with millions through her blog, The Nourished Caveman. She's also the author of three cookbooks, The Ultimate Paleo Cookbook, The Big Book of Fat Bombs, and her latest book, The Keto Paleo Kitchen. Welcome, Vivica. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me here. Well, I'm so excited because, you know, everything that you represent are, it's what I promote. And I love the fact that the keto paleo um, term because keto can be so dirty. I mean, you can do keto and do it the right way or the wrong way. And um, I, 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 like you, came from paleo to then keto and I've really, um, tested out a whole bunch of dietary theories, but I want to start with your journey. And I love your Italian accent, by the way, and I love where you come from. And what's so funny is that my husband, as we are a ketogenic family, he always says, the one thing I miss is Italian food. And you coming from Italy and becoming and being a cook, obviously there's a way to cook Italian food that is keto. So, um, but I'd love to start with your story. Yeah, <clears throat> so, sorry, early morning in pollen. <clears throat> <clears throat> My voice refuses to start today. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. So, yeah, I actually love food, all food. And, you know, of course, I love the food of my origins. I think Italy has some of the best food in the world. And I, I try to translate a lot of Italian recipes, especially my latest cookbook, The Keto Paleo Kitchen. So I gave it a good try. Of course, we cannot just like, you know, I don't believe in translating every recipe and like just changing an old way of eating into like, you know, ketofy everything. Because I think that there are there should be some modification in the way we think about food and carbs and, you know, the health of foods when we change our lifestyle. But going to my story, so, yeah, I was born and raised in Italy, and I, I stayed in Italy until was, I was 19 years old, and then I moved to Germany. And um, when I lived in Italy, my first five years of life, 
uh, my parents, my mom and my grandma had a restaurant and a hotel. So a lot of the time that, uh, you know, I was around my mom as they were both working, I was like following them around and I spent a lot of time in the restaurant with them and in the kitchen. And I remember like growing up eating basically the same thing that they ate. And, you know, when I was a kid, I was so lucky because there was no such thing as a kid's menu. Kids ate exactly what the adults ate and there was no problem. That was just normal. You know, I was like, also like, some time ago and maybe things have changed in Italy since then but when I grew up in like the 70s um that was we ate everything so I grew up eating things like pickled trout and fried uh, brains and liver Mm -hmm. almost like you know multiple times a week I remember and for me it was absolutely normal there was no questions asked Mm -hmm. you know and sometimes I feel it's really how you present things to a person or a child, you know, if you present something as being questionable, they will question it. And if not, you know, they might just accept it as the most delicious thing on the planet. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so from an early age, I developed definitely a love of food and a love of cooking. And also was raised with really healthy eating habits. We didn't have candy barely. I remember having, you know, dessert like for my birthday as a birthday cake or, you know, ice cream once in a while, but really didn't have that candy mentality like in the United States and that sugar dependence that we see here a lot. And so I think I I was, you know, started off with an advantage with comparison to many other people. But then, of course, you know, we all have our health journey and usually it's through the our own personal health journey that we come to the deepest learning and realizations. And that's how we can help other people the best through overcoming our own challenges. So to make the long story short, my life has been quite adventurous. You know, I I lived in Germany, I lived in Spain, um, and then I traveled for a while. Then I finally came to California. I still went back and forth for a couple of years. And then I finally settled back here and, um, you know, settled in Los Angeles. And I started going to school shortly afterwards. I went to community college, completely different direction. I was studying fashion and then photography. I wanted to be a fashion photographer because, you know, I'm from Milano. That's what I was Mm -hmm. raised around. You know, I thought that was really fun. And as I went to photography school, eventually I went to a real college And through my studies of photography, I started shooting for magazines that shot restaurants. And so I started, you know, working with food and chefs and in the kitchen and photographing food. And then it was just like, you know, my passion really came back. And so I became a food photographer and I was a food photographer for like successfully five years, shooting for a lot of national magazines and traveling and you know, it did really well, and I love doing that kind of work. But I also, you know, love traveling. So here I was going again as I moved to Brazil, and I was going back and forth between Brazil and the United States, and then eventually I bought a house there, and um, I started a business in Brazil that was, like, more about my other passion, sustainability, so working with indigenous people and importing crafts. And so I stopped being a food photographer, but food has still always been my passion. And, you know, traveling and eating food from all over the world. And eventually, you know, I started having some issues with my gallbladder. And that was like the first thing. And it started really early when I was like in my late 20s. And my gallbladder, I started having gallbladder attacks. And I didn't even know what it was. So I started working with the chiropractor who did a very little bit of nutrition and I always use an alternative therapy never went to a doctor for that never went to a doctor for anything actually except you know maybe that infection occasionally but I always loved alternative therapies so starting with my gallbladder I started becoming more and more aware of my body to the point that In my late 30s, my gallbladder issues were becoming worse and worse. So I started 
trying to detox my body. And the first thing I did was a raw food diet. And I did it for a month. And the first time, of course, it worked well because it's an extreme elimination diet. But then I started not feeling so good on it. And eventually, I was so, so lucky. And I found a chiropractor who became my friend and my mentor, Dr. Deborah Penner in Chico. And she asked me to go study nutrition so I could work for her and really pushed me into it. She was really persistent and I didn't want to have anything to do with it. (laughs) But that's how basically my life completely changed at that point. And we moved away from Los Angeles and moved to Northern California, started working for Dr. Panner and started studying nutrition under her guidance. And she was changing her practice to a nutrition practice as well. So we studied together and started working with real patients right away. I was so lucky because, like, I took the fast lane in learning. You know, I was just thrown into the pool and swim. (laughs) (laughs) So at that point, I started really detoxing. And I started doing a whole series of liver detoxes, which saved my gallbladder you know, my family, mom and grandma had it removed and I was kind of going down the same path, but no, I was able to heal it and save it. And and now it's perfectly fine. Still have it. (laughs) (laughs) And shortly after that, you know, I was in my mid forties, things started happening really fast. So within a year, I discovered that I was pre-diabetic, first of all. And that was like a big shock to me because I thought I had been like really doing everything right, but I was eating paleo. And paleo, you know, we were like eating local and organic in a place where there was fruit trees everywhere, lots and lots of fruit, and then we were drinking wine every night and having a really good life, kind of Mediterranean style. But all the fruit and all the wine did not agree with my system and my carb intolerance. And so I started gaining weight, and I didn't know why, and I wasn't feeling good. I had pain, you know, chronic back pain pretty much at 47. It was, I couldn't explain it. I thought I was healthy. And then I realized that I had super high insulin resistance, and I was really sensitive to carbohydrates. And this is when I found a ketogenic diet, or, you know, it's like destiny. The ketogenic diet found me. And that was at the point where nobody talked about keto. Sometimes I still wonder, how did it happen? Like from one moment, you know, keto was completely unknown to suddenly like being the the tag, the most used, you know, word in America, almost in diet uh, circles. Yes. But I think I was partly responsible for that because after I I found keto, started doing keto, I applied it to the practice, to the patients. I designed a program that is like very similar to the program that I use for my patients now, of course, like the version, you know, the beta version of it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I started seeing incredible results with people and not just metabolic, you know. And then in, in the process of that, as I was working and using the program, I, you know, I also did some blood work and realized that my thyroid was very low and I had Hashimoto's. And mm-hmm. that was like, Another rude awakening. And at the point, I was working with a hormone specialist, Dr. Rhonda Nelson. And so as I became her client, her patient, I was apprenticing under her and started taking all her classes, all her courses, all her seminars that I could possibly take. And, you know, she was like, I remember her telling me, I don't understand what's going on with you. You're such a hard case. You're so healthy, but then your numbers are so bad and they don't change. And so I've, you know, always been kind of a hard case, which I think that it was divinely orchestrated so that I would go through like the, a really big effort in order to find the root causes for disease so that I could heal them and then help other people do the same. Mm-hmm. I feel and, the same way, Vivica. That's exactly, I mean, as you're talking, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is so similar to my story because I truly <laughs> believe there's a divine intervention of taking you through that deep, dark 
challenge that you need to resolve in yourself to be able to help others. But go ahead. I, it's just, it's giving me the chills because I, I feel the exact same way. Yeah, I know that many of us who are practitioners of different modalities, you know, if they call it the wounded healer in, mm-hmm. you know, psychologists or like emotional work, but it's the same thing, you know. It's really those of us that have been through the challenges because I really believe in having tried things on my own body before I give them to my patients. Mm -hmm. Like I would, like, I don't know how doctors can like rightfully with a good conscience prescribe all these different medications they have never tried Mm -hmm. because I, I worked with the supplement lines that I work with currently for years. And, you know, I especially one, I've been a patient using the supplements for 20 years before I started being a nutritionist. And so I have, like, it's because I have seen the changes and the power and, like, you know, the limitations as well and the effects that I can, like, with a clean conscience, use it on other people. And whenever I take a new supplement line, I usually try it for at least three to six months of myself, you know. So... Mm -hmm. I think that it's really important to have a personal knowledge of issues so that we can effectively help others. And of course, you know, everybody is different. We are all a little different, similar, but different. So there is that also like uniqueness of the human body and the human experience so that like we can just generalize things. We can understand, have an intimate understanding of the processes of the body. But the moment that we start boxing things in into like little drawers, little boxes, then we start making big mistakes, I think. And I feel like a lot of my clients, you know, come to me because they like the individualized work that I do. And I think that nutrition, just like you do, Sarah, you know, you understand that like everybody's a little different. And, you know, you understand it through the nutrition, through the work with um, these powerful supplements, but we still have you know, to work with individual cases. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's how I solved my Hashimoto's. And, (laughs) you know, you mentioned the iodine and I'm sure you want to ask me about it, but. Yeah, I would, I would love to talk to you about the importance of iodine. Uh, And since we're, we're talking about the thyroid and Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune disease. And I want to get into your thoughts on autoimmune in general, but the importance of iodine, and this is something that I didn't realize was so important until, oh gosh, two years ago. I had always taken an iodine because I had hypothyroidism, and uh, mm. it essentially probably was Hashimoto's, and and was I've healed myself from insulin resistance as well. I mean, your story and my story are very similar. I feel like we. And when you said gallbladder, I, and I didn't realize that was part of your story. That was mine. And when I went to my natural oh, wow. practitioner, he said, "Oh my gosh, Sarah, if you had gone to a, a the medical doctor, they would have ripped it out right away." The gallbladder surgery mm-hmm. is the number one surgery, yeah. and it's the easiest money maker for the medical industry. So. A yeah. warning to anyone out there that is getting uh, someone telling them they need to get their gallbladder bladder removed. There is an alternative way, whether you listen to me or Vivica, listen to someone else because you need every single body part. God gave you all your body parts for a reason. So, but I still have mine. It works great. I just have to make sure I'm detoxing and cleansing like we all should be doing but anyways (laughs) iodine um, I had been using a couple different ones up until about two years ago and they were fine but then when I started the one that you and I both use and and it's I it's you can find it at accelerated health products it's called accelerate but it's monoatomic oh my goodness the day I took that I felt the difference between the other the other iodines in this one and I could feel it in my brain and my thyroid and and my whole body started heating up like my metabolism was starting to work but let's talk about uh, the importance of iodine. Well, iodine is a necessary nutrient and it's present in all our cells, it's stored in every cell of the body. 
So, you know, we think of iodine as like, you know, the first nutrient for thyroid health, which is correct. But what maybe people don't understand that is that iodine is necessary for life. Not just that, like there are severe consequences to iodine deficiency. And I really feel, um, you know, you probably have talked about this, but like how iodine has been villainized by the medical community and, you know, research as the pharmaceutical companies have come up with like, you know, medications that were taking the place of some of the, you know, roles that iodine had and the effects that iodine had. So they came up with like this kind of like very biased research to put a bad name on iodine and say that iodine was going to like affect the thyroid negatively when used in certain quantities, which is absolutely unfounded and absolutely ridiculous. So... Mm -hmm. You know, so iodine is used to make thyroid hormones, but it also has this really important function of keeping the body, you know, it binds to receptors, is is needed by the cells. So when the body is deficient, the body will pick up things that are similar to iodine because it's so desperate for this iodine that it will try to replace it with substances that are not always clean. So like, for example, halogens, like chlorine or bromine or, you know, any other halogen toxic substances that don't belong in the body. But the body is so desperate for, you know, for the iodine it needs to function that it will actually absorb. And it's also, there is this concept of like molecular mimicry where the body sometimes you know, and we can talk about it, about Hashimoto's and gluten, but um, the body will take up a substance that's very similar to another sometimes um, to replace it or just like, you know, they're kind of like switching because they're so similar. And that happens with iodine and things like chlorine that it, it's a very similar structure of the molecule so the body can mistake it as well. So when we are iodine deficient and then we end up soaking in, let's say, a swimming pool full of chlorine or taking a shower with tap water full of chlorine, that will soak into our body and the skin, which is one of the places in the body where you store iodine. And it has no iodine stored because it's severely iodine deficient, like about 80%, 90% of Americans. Um, the body will just take up that chlorine and just put it and store it in the cells inside of the iodine. And to me, this is one of the main reasons why so many issues. Um, also, iodine is stored in the breast tissue. It's very important for breast health, something that is not often talked about. So when there is an iodine deficiency, the breast becomes toxic. And look at the incidence of breast cancer and breast tumors, the breast uh, lymph nodes getting toxic. Um, this is something that I don't think is talked about enough. The importance of having the right nutrients and otherwise the toxicity that ensues when that nutrient is absent. So all the halogens stored, um, I've seen clinical cases for not my personal patients, but patients that I've been studying with the doctors I've been studying, where the toxicity in their breast was so extreme that when they started detoxing with iodine, they leaked um, kind of fluorescent color from their nipples because they were detoxing halogens. Wow. And it's crazy to think about it, but I saw pictures and like, I was, I couldn't believe it if I didn't see it. And I have patients who detox when they started, you know, a lot of people think that when they take iodine and they have a reaction, then they have a reaction to the iodine. Mm -hmm. That is very wrong. Iodine is a necessary nutrient. You cannot possibly be allergic to it because it's in every cell of your body. What mm -hmm. happens is that you are so toxic with other things that the moment you start taking iodine, you go into an instant detox reaction which is then mistaken for like an allergy or a sensitivity. <clears throat> what needs to happen is a very, very gradual, you know, titrate of iodine so that your body can su 
successfully detox the stuff that, you know, it's trying to detox out. And also, you know, a lot of people who are not under the care of a practitioner and they will try to like be on iodine by themselves or, you know, start detoxing and they don't know how to do it. Their detox pathway, like, you know, the liver and kidney and even the skin they're, and the lung, they're congested, they're overwhelmed, they're stuck, you know, they're like a drain full of hair where nothing goes through, not even a drop of water. And then they try to add a detoxing element and the body just like basically explodes. And right. it's not just Hexheimer reactions, but <clears throat> it's really overwhelm, toxicity overwhelm, and the toxins have nowhere, nowhere to go. You know, it's like a bathtub. You're trying to drain the dirty water, but the clog, the drain is clogged. And so there is nowhere to go. It will eventually overflow with dirty water. And that's what happens when people have reactions to like things like iodine. So it's very important that you use iodine carefully and, you know, and also supporting liver and kidney, especially, especially the liver um, when using iodine so that you don't have exceeding reactions. That's what I would recommend. That's what I do in my practice. But without the iodine, we can't make thyroid hormones. <clears throat> and I think that this crazy epidemic of hypothyroidism, just like me and you, Sarah, you know, we were hypothyroid. I was definitely iodine deficient. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in Italy, when I was a kid, you know, people that lived in Milan, which is the capital of Italy and is inland. So the kids from Milan, when my, like I was a kid, my mom was a kid many, many years ago. Kids were sent to the sea in summer to be in the water and by the beach so they could get iodine from the air and the water. So it was known that kids would live inland, they would have iodine deficiency. So they were sent at least for a month to the, at, to the beach in Italy so they could get the iodine, you know, and eat the fish and be by the sea. Wow, but, that is so interesting. I did not know it? that. <laughs> and, and nowadays, our food supply is totally depleted of iodine. Our salt, that maybe it has a little iodine in it, but it's full of plastic. So you're taking in toxins while taking in some form of cheap iodine that is very hard to, to absorb. So it's really hard to get iodine unless you actively are taking a proper supplement. And one thing um, that I have didn't realize was that iodine was used during the Spanish flu because not only in addition to all the things you're talking about, but it has antiviral, antibacterial, antipathogenic properties to it. So it is so important for your immune system as well. Yeah, absolutely. I can tell you that with this whole COVID scare, and like, I mean, not saying that COVID is gone, it's still around, but then, you know, and I'm probably not allowed to, speak about this, but I'm just going to slightly mention it that whenever I thought I was getting sick with something and, you know, there was, of course, all the other flu and colds and everything going on, but this year more than ever, whenever I was feeling not so well, I would just take, you know, a lot of iodine. And of course, I have been using it for years. My body is like, is loaded, saturated. So I have a high tolerance for iodine. I don't get reactions anymore. But whenever I feel like I'm getting sick, I take a dropper for or two. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a moment I was doing shots of iodine. <laughs> and, you know, I can tell you, I cure my fibroids with iodine therapy, taking mm -hmm. with the same iodine that you use, because we use the same product. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, um, and I was like doing like 90 drops three times a day. People don't think it's safe to use these high quantities of iodine. But sometimes this is how we really clean out our bodies. And I know yeah. that whenever I was like, having an inkling of like, oh, I'm getting sick. And then I was taking iodine. And then the next day I was perfectly fine. You know, so it is definitely a potent antiviral, antibacterial, you know, like it helps us stay healthy. It's, I'm so glad you brought up fibroids because like you said, it, people think of iodine as just for thyroid health, but 
for women's health and ovary health, breast breast tissue and fibroids, it's so amazing in what it can do in boosting your immunity and your health of those tissues and every tissue in your body. But it's just, it, I think I feel like it's the lost um, supplement that everyone forgets about, but it's so essential and so important. Mm-hmm. And we are um, getting so close to time. I want to make sure we hit on just your detox in general, as we're talking about iodine and I love, and I'm going through this with my own father at the, at the time, he's got some health things going on, but his diet isn't perfect. And I always tell him you have, if you're going to detox and rebuild your system, you got to shut off the faucet of the bad stuff. Oh, <laughs> we have day. the same analogy and I, that's funny. But why don't you talk about the importance of detox in order to rebuild your health, whether it's an autoimmune disease or weight loss or whatever you're trying to accomplish with any chronic disease, the importance of detox? Yeah. For me, you know, I work with the principles of nutrition. And I was talking to a patient yesterday. I have a very young patient, she's 17, and she's already dealing with, like, very serious health matters. And, uh, you know, I was telling her that if we follow the principles of nutrition and we do it really consistently, um, things will happen. And the first principle is remove the bad. That's what we have to do. It's like remove the toxins, remove what's making us sick. So we can really not go very far in our healing if we don't start with removing the toxins. <clears throat> and <clears throat> in most people's cases, it's, yes, supporting the drainage pathways, like we talked about, liver and kidney, and really, like, um, you know, enabling our body to start that detoxification process, but also removing all the things that cause toxicity. So in, you know, detoxifying our environment, the toxic foods. And, you know, you mentioned in your intro about testosterone, like what foods would I recommend Mm -hmm. um, to increase testosterone? But like, you know, my approach would be more like, what foods would I recommend avoiding to decrease estrogen, you know, especially for women? So for me, it's more like instead of adding something, sometimes we need to remove something mm-hmm. first, you know. So I would start by like lo- really looking at all the estrogenic foods like the soy and the phytoestrogens and, you know, all the foods with added hormones and remove those before you even think about adding something that stimulates another hormone. You yes. know, so that's for me, is like the principle of detoxing, like, start removing the things that make you sick. And, you know, and then you can also add the second step is start adding the things that make you healthy. So add the nutrients in. And iodine is kind of an interesting, like, you know, a wild card there because it does both. You know, it helps you remove the toxins and it helps you bring in the nutrients. So um, it's a really interesting character in the nutrition <laughs> world. Yes, I I, to- I totally agree. It's more important to remove um, the the bad stuff before you put in the good stuff. I had a, a friend that used to say, "Let's detox so we could retox," and meaning that she was then going to go out and drink and eat junk food that night after her big workout. And I thought, why would you do that? Taking two steps forward and four steps back. It doesn't make sense to me. But so let's talk a little bit about autoimmune disease in in general and how you you your approach on healing autoimmune. Um so for me I have a very specific view on autoimmune diseases and that's um, comes from the way I, I learned about them, which I really believe in, which is that autoimmunity is a phase of disease. So any kind of degenerative di- disease will turn to autoimmune eventually because autoimmunity is like is understood as being an issue of the immune system. But for me, it's not just that. The immune system plays its part 
But what's really happening is that there is an overload of toxicity. And like there are underlying causes we'll talk about in a second that affect a specific organ or system in your body and make it so dysfunctional, basically so um, even like necrotic, like it starts dying. That system, that tissue, even like speaking of the thyroid, for example, your thyroid starts dying. And then the body needs to clean up the material. So once the thyroid has been sick for a long time, it will eventually start turning autoimmune. And for people, it's faster. And for some people, it's slower. I think it really depends on your level of health and toxicity. And I, why have we seen so many autoimmune diseases these days? that were not present a hundred years ago, like we're not really, really not there. I think that a big factor is the toxicity of the world and all the stuff that we eat and we come in contact with, you know, pesticides, glyphosates, um, toxins, plastics, you know, pollution, all of that. And another big factor for me is vaccines. Mm-hmm. Vaccines in the fact that a vaccine, the way that they're made, so there can be two, three kinds of vaccines. One is like the first definition is like an oral vaccine or a serum vaccine. So you can take it through the mouth and go through the digestive system, or you can have it injected into your bloodstream. And even in the ones that are injected straight into your bloodstream, there are two categories. One is some that are toxic, full of toxic stuff, and some that are not, less toxic. So the vaccines that are used in the United States right now are the highest level of toxicity, and they indiscriminately use things like heavy metals as carriers. They use preservatives like formaldehyde, in addition to using protein carriers that need to carry like viruses, for example, um, that are made of like either human tissues which are proteins. The proteins are the carriers for viruses. So they're either human proteins that come from babies. And for me, it's not even an ethical question at all. It's a physiological question. When you inject proteins into the bloodstream, they do not belong there. Foreign DNA does not belong in your bloodstream. So what happens is that that foreign DNA that is supposedly carrying, you know, just used as a carrier for the virus that your immune system needs to come in contact with, but that DNA will go into your bloodstream and cause a chain reaction and stimulate your immune system as, you know, creating antibodies to those antigens. Mm. So, you know, that's how we start autoimmune diseases in many cases. And, you know, this is a so taboo Um, kind of topic because there is a big machinery around it, you know, Mm -hmm. that doesn't want people to talk about that. But I know to be aware of it, (laughs) especially right now with the talk of vaccines and COVID and everything. And, and uh, it's definitely a topic and Vivica, I'm so sad. We are almost out of time. And so, and I have so many more questions for you. So we're definitely (laughs) going to have to do this again, but before we go, can, can you please tell everybody where they can find you and the, about your programs that you offer? Yeah. Um, I work um, with patients. I have a program I'm working one-on-one with clients who want to really go in depth of their health and like resolving the root causes of their health and transforming their lifestyle using different health approaches. Definitely the ketogenic diet is one of them, but not just that. Like, you know, I, it's very individualized. And so it's called the Healing Foods Method. And people can look, can find it through my website site, thenourishcaveman.com. And people can also reach me directly at vivica at thenourishcaveman.com. Just uh, shoot me an email or go through my blog. There is an inquiry form on my blog for people who want to work with me. And they also can find me on all the channels on YouTube. I have a lot of videos on Facebook, my page, The Nourish Caveman, and the same for Instagram. 
And thank you so much for having me, Sarah. That oh, my, my goodness. No, you are my favorite type of guest because you've lived it. You've recovered yourself and you are doing it for all the right reasons. It comes from your heart and you can tell. And and everybody, you can on her website, she's got recipes and obviously the recipe books I definitely recommend. Amazing. And there's fun delicious ways to eat the way she's talking about. You don't have to suffer at all. In fact, I think you're eating more delicious foods. So anyways, thank you everybody for joining us today. And if I can help you with any health issues, you can contact me, Sarah Banta at Sarah at acceleratedhealthproducts.com. I'm happy to help you and put together a protocol of supplements and, and steer you in the right direction. I know sometimes it's hard to know where you can start. And you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram under Accelerated Health Products and my YouTube channel under Accelerated Health Radio. You can also find me in this episode on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Pandora, or whatever podcast platform you subscribe to. I also do Accelerated Health Bites, where I do short informational videos about health topics and solutions that you ask about. And if you have a condition or a topic you want me to address, let me know. I'm happy to do it. And if you like what you heard today, please hit the subscribe button and share with a few friends who may need my help. As you share my channel, it helps me help more people like you and bring more cutting-edge guests to my show. Also, it is harder and harder for us people like Vivica and I to get the word out as the Facebook and Instagram and Google are suppressing some of our content because they are not into all of this natural health healing. So anyways, the more help you can give us, the better we will all be off and the more people we can help. Don't miss next week's interview with L. Russ when we will talk about how to gain that confidence back you need to thrive. And we'll have an exciting giveaway announcement again as well next week. And you can find the supplements and a lot of informational videos at acceleratedhealthproducts.com. You can also use coupon W4HC20 for 20% off site-wide including all the supplements we mentioned today. Thanks again for joining us on Accelerated Health Radio and have a great week. Thank you for joining us today on W4HC Radio for Accelerated Health Radio with Sarah Banta. Make sure to tune in every week at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to uncover your highest potential through natural and innovative wellness modalities.